Tilda Swinton. She's in this thing. She is. What is the next horror film that she's going to star in? It's going to be a remake, right? That's what we're into these days. I guess. The next Tilda Swinton horror remake, what's it going to be? The Exorcist. Oh. She'll play the mom, of course. She's a little old to play Reagan. But, um, Are you sure? I think that might be Oscar bait. <laughs> that would be Let's a little different. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, hmm. Mark, what do you got? I want to see a Nutty Professor style take on Frankenstein. Tilda Swinton's going to play every role in Frankenstein. She'll be oh. Dr. Frankenstein. She'll be the monster. She'll be Igor. When, should we do Bride of Frankenstein for that? That's she can play follow-up. everything. There's a Nutty Professor, <laughs> okay. too. Okay. Maybe a Nutty Frankenstein, too. Before I thought of Exorcist, I thought of Frankenstein as well. Did you? Both of our, yeah, last night when I was thinking about this. I just, she has like the, the frame. Of Frankenstein? I think she could That's do it. That's what every woman wants to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's so, like, I don't know. She's not, she's a... Uh, She's an interesting person. Yeah. You look like Frankenstein, Tilda. That's what we're saying. <laughs> wow. No, we're not saying that. <laughs> Love you, Tilda. <laughs> no, absolutely. That's actually okay. I could, I would, I would like to see that. I think yeah. she's got the chops to pull it off. I think I it'd be good. I think it would be very awkward, but I think she's got the chops <laughs> to pull it off. I think every movie where one actor is playing multiple roles is very awkward. I want to see that, but with like Gary Busey. Frankenstein. Or Gary no, Busey's no, not Frankenstein. Not, no, I, I want to see a movie where Gary Busey plays, or that, or Nick Cage plays every role in it. <laughs> but he, they could only play themselves, so you'd be like, I know what that's the thing is, is like they take all these characters and kind of inadvertently make them themselves. So it'd be like <laughs> Nick Cage is Nick Cage is Nick Cage as Nick Cage in the Nick Cage movie. Well, there's like what two flavor of Nick Cage. We got the one where he was on the uh, the where is he? We went to jail or whatever with long hair. Oh yeah, um, where he tries Con to, Air. Con Air. Where, where he pretends to, to be a southerner, a, a southern accent terribly. Yeah. Oh, the I, man. The man's versatile. Child. Yeah. <laughs> child. I don't know what he became. <laughs> no, actually, that was from his Kick-Ass role. Oh, He's okay. Screaming. Well, Kick-Ass. You know that was a good movie. I forgot about it, but I actually liked it when I watched it. Yeah, I liked the first one. For me. Um, I think she could be good in a lot of stuff. I'd like to put her in a role where she doesn't have a lot of speaking, where she just got to kind of like, you know, visually act. I, you know what? Maybe we could remake uh, Night of the Living Dead and she could play Barbara, you know? Because it's like a no. very important role, you know, when she finally like starts freaking out or snaps out of it, you know, I think I think she could do it. And make her older. I mean, we don't have to make, make her a young girl, you know? Maybe they're going to visit like their dead niece instead mm-hmm. of, you know, the mother. That'd be interesting. Has Tilda done any zombie movies? This could be a first. No. Were she the wasn't creatures in, in this movie? There were some zombie-esque creatures in mm. Suspiria. Uh, well, you, you, mm. I, I wouldn't There are some possessed They're not people. Yeah. Well, I mean, at one point, the lady's got her whole stomach eating All right, out. all right. Let's, let's That's keep a zombie. it. Spoil it. <laughs> let's pull it back. You're getting ahead of yourself. Let's at least give the people a chance to know we're going to spoil the shit out of this thing. Look, this is episode, like, what? 30. 32. 32. Oh, so close. This is episode 32. If they don't know we're going to spoil it by now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark, again, joined by Garrett and John. Fellas kind of cold and blustery outside. How are we doing today? Cold, a little blustered. <laughs> and a little flustered, it seems. Yeah. Right. It seems like you guys are a little flustered by this film. Uh, flustered would imply a much stronger emotional reaction than I have for this film. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Uh, that movie took a lot out of me. Maybe, though, if you think about it, maybe that's part of the movie experience. Because the movie, you know, it's about sort of sucking life for- force 
the movie itself sucked some of our life force. The audience is part of the ritual? Maybe. Mm. So in case you didn't know, we're talking about Suspiria, the 2018... I don't want to call it... Well, I guess it's a remake. It's yeah. a remake that takes a lot of liberties from if the If you're blindly clicking, you may not know what <laughs> yeah. you just clicked on called Suspiria. <laughs> we but usually have an image that tells you, but just in case. <laughs> well, before we get there, let's talk about a couple things that's come up since we last recorded. Um, last episode, we brought up Killer Clowns from Outer Space. We did. We were musing on what a sequel might be. Well, guess what, fellas? Bloody Disgusting's reported that Sci-Fi Channel is in talks to bring back Killer Clowns and the Critters. Wow. You're welcome, world. We yeah. put that in the universe. <laughs> yeah, we, I feel like that might have been an effect before us. We will take no all ballers. the praise. <laughs> in, Thank in you. In effect, not yeah. in effect. If it's bad, probably. If it's great, it was all us. Yeah. <laughs> now, what is your reaction to hearing that Sci-Fi is doing this? I have uh, none. No reaction at all. You know Zero. what? I'm going to give Sci-Fi a chance. They are notorious for putting out some schlock. We know this. We've talked about this ad nauseum before. But with TV really kind of realizing that if you put a little effort into, you know, a single IP, you can pull something out. You know, AMC with Breaking Bad. I mean, you know, we see these these stations kind of be like, you know, Battlestar Galacta. Wasn't that sci-fi? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was that was a phenomenal. That was surprising, to be honest. I wasn't a huge fan just because I'm not a big Battlestar Galactica fan, but like people love that show. So I mean, maybe they'll this will be one of the the better projects that they do. Um, I don't think that they have to go too out on a limb because it was kind of cheesy and fun originally. But I don't know. I say I say we should give them at least a shot. I'm interested to see Leprechaun Returns. Right, that's kind of something they're doing before these are oh, going to yeah. come out. It's going to oh, have the yeah. real little leprechaun. So I think that might be not, a not good... Not the crazy one from the WWE leprechaun movie. Right. This is going to be the sequel to part one. So we're doing that whole thing, so right? So pulling a Halloween it's, 2018 yeah, thing? So. Okay. like one of my least favorite things that is going on in the movie verse right now. <laughs> I don't think anybody asked for this. No. At least not walk back this far. Well, no, I mean, the, con- the oh, this part two is just going to follow the sequel and everything else Oh, you is mean gone. the trend. Yeah, that okay. trend. Not Leprechaun. I mean, I don't really... Is it Warwick coming back? Mm, don't think so. Okay. That's a bummer, but... Yeah, it'll be a good litmus test to see how this goes. Yeah. Um, sci-fi taking over an existing property and, and moving forward with it. Well, you got to beat number four, bro. He went to space. As uh, listeners of this podcast know, it's a very important movie to me. So I'm looking at you, Seafy. Get it together. Also, we've got Joe Bob's Dinner of Death featuring his favorite film of all time. That's coming up at the uh, Thanksgiving period. Just want to let you guys know that we're going to be tuning into that. Uh, if you want to see us live tweet, just check it out. You can converse with us about the films we're seeing. Uh, like I said, Joe Bob said his favorite film of all time is going to be shown there. He didn't tell you what it is, but I know what it is. <laughs> and that is going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So How do you know what it guaranteed is? Because I know. <laughs> Brother Pen Pals. So. I've I've looked into some Joe Bob writing and I saw what his favorite film was. Okay. And it is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It makes sense. Dinners of Death, the dinner scene is a huge part of that movie. Oh. So it totally fits that bill. So if you want to watch it along with us, you can check us out on Twitter. Tell us what you think of the films going on. Should be fun. It was fun last time. And uh let's get started with Suspiria, shall we? Let's. This film came out this year, 2018, runtime of two hours and 32 minutes, and goddamn. It feels every second of <laughs> I that. I know we say that a lot, but this one exhausted me, yes. as I said at the top of the episode. Uh, this was directed by Luca. Well, let's just point out real quick that the original movie was only like an hour and 30-something. I'm going to touch on that. <laughs> oh, okay, yes. okay. 
Yeah, but uh, there was like there's an hour of uh, separate movies in this movie. It's like we paid for like Mark was saying three movies. Yeah. I think we're gonna have a fun talk about this one because I don't think I disliked it as much as you guys. Let's hold it while I okay. get through <laughs> the information. Uh oh, and we will get. To, let's get. This Mark, Mark busted okay. out his stern voice. You guys like to just jump in, and then I have to do all this twenty minutes later. <laughs> so let me just get through it first. Uh, this is directed by Luca Guadagnino. Probably butchered that. He's Italian. This stars Dakota Johnson as Susie Banyan, Tilda Swinton as Madame Blanc, comma, Dr. Joseph Klimper, comma, another role. I don't remember which, but she played three people in this movie. Hmm. Uh, Chloe Moritz Grace was Patricia. Mia Goth was Sarah. And here's what IMDb has to say about it. A darkness swirls at the center of a world-renowned dance company, one that will engulf the artistic director, an ambitious young dancer, and a grieving psychotherapist. Some will succumb to the nightmare, others will finally wake up. <laughs> That's a very loose uh, description. Did anybody wake up? I guess you can say the psychotherapist. But, all right. I'm going to give him that. I just because... Like we're just trying to we're just trying to like pinpoint what part of this description happened in the movie. Yeah, your your guess is good as mine. Yeah, I, I don't would think say that. anybody. Well, all right, you know who woke up? Sarah. She died. Yeah, well, they didn't say that they woke up and survived. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so just at the top of the episode, we said it before. We'll say it again. There's going to be spoilers on this. If you want to watch this one before you find everything out, go watch it and join us again after doing so and hear what we have to say about it. This was based on a 1977 film, Suspiria which is one hour and 39 minutes. This one, as Garrett said, is much longer than the original. <laughs> it is. I feel like at one hour and 39 minutes, this one would be excellent. It would be nice. It'd be tight. It would be getting to the point. Even, you know, an hour 45, an hour 50, two hours, 39 minutes. Nah. Well, Mark, what you, you've seen the original, right? Yes, I watched that before going in because I felt like I needed to. Um, I didn't know how I was going to feel about this one, and I didn't know if this movie would compel me to watch the original, so I wanted to make sure I saw it before getting into this one. If you hadn't watched the original, would this have compelled you to watch the original? Oh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so, but the two movies are so wildly different. That's interesting. Yeah, they're very, they, they have a very different take on how they, they give out plot. Hmm. This one specifically, the new one specifically, gives a lot more information. A yes. lot more information. Um, and that was like, I watched it last night. I watched the original last night. And uh, one of the things I kept saying, I was just like, you know, like I enjoyed it. I liked a lot of about it, but like I didn't understand certain character motivations. Like I was just like, well, why, why would they be doing this? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, why are they even bothering with that? And this movie makes all that clear um, until the end, until the end yeah. when they just kind of says, you know what? I, it's like you take a whiteboard and just rub your hand all over it and that's like smears well, the, and you're like, wait, okay, I know what's going on, but what the fuck is going on? That's a good, the I, that's a good analogy. The felt very 70s. Like it felt like how a lot of foreign movies in the 70s ended just in like a weird orgy. It's like, that's like a really common motif back then. I don't know what was going on in the 70s, but they really liked their weird orgy endings. 
Well, when this movie rolled credits, you looked at me and said, they made a 70s movie in 2018. They did. They I really mean, did. But they set out to do that, though. They specifically said they set out and to... And they nailed it. I will say, I mean... I'm really... going to tell you that the 70s film doesn't feel as 70s as the 2018 <laughs> film. <laughs> well, I think that's the problem with trying to recreate a style, right? Because it's like when they're doing it in the 70s, it just exists, right? It's just the zeitgeist. Now, someone's looking back at the whole decade and getting to pick their favorite parts of it. Apparently, for this director, it's, you know... Showing people slowly walk across bridges, showing electrical wires, showing walls. He really liked all of that part and really shoved it in here. Well, some of that was actually necessary to the story. I'm gonna I I, I know oh. that you didn't, but like there's there's certain pans and there's certain like shots that are held specifically to intensify the moment or you but know, I kind of build feel up. anything. I like, okay. There are times like, I will agree with you. There are times when that is it. There, there are shots. Where I'm like, these are, this is an unnecessary shot. Take like, but hereditary. there are times when it definitely helps. Um, hereditary, I think is a slow burn like this movie, but you kind of feel a palpable sense of dread building throughout the movie. This, I felt nothing. I just felt like, Oh really? Yeah. For me, I guess I was dreading how much more of the movie I had left, but that's probably not what they were going for. <laughs> I didn't feel anything. It was just like, what am I watching? Um, you know, there were some scenes like when Sarah discovered the door, like where it's like, okay, yeah, I'm sort of invested in this. But then there's like huge chunks of the movie where I'm just like, I don't know what emotion I'm supposed to be feeling right now. Well, this movie explains a lot more. Like Mark, you, we were just talking about like it explains a lot more than the original did. You know, we're we're given hints that these. I mean, I think it was in like the first five minutes in this movie. They're like. Oh, they're witches. They don't hold. The, they don't hold that reveal. No. Yeah, and the new one, they just flat out like like this. This girl who seems to be kind of you know bipolar, schizophrenic, something like that, is in confessing to a, a therapist who comes back into play to the story for a while. At the beginning, she gave me things: perfect balance, perfect sleep. Oh, she wants to get inside of me. I can feel her. She just blurts out like they're witches after kind of freaking yeah. out in his office. In the original, you don't really find that out until like the end of the film. And even then it's like, like a character's like, what do you know about this? And this other character's like, oh, okay, well, this is what I know. But they don't say it's definitely them. Absolutely. Um, if you, if I was to describe the 77 film to somebody who's never seen it, I would say that it is a colorfully saturated, well-framed fever dream. See, this movie's um, not that. That's what I had yeah. heard about. I've never seen the original, so, but that's what I've heard about the original one, that it is just sort of really colorful and off the wall. This one feels like muted and like just... And I think that was on purpose. Like, I think I read somewhere that the director of the 2018 film really wanted to be its own thing. And then make your own movie, right? <laughs> like, then don't remake a movie. Well, you know, I'm conflicted on this, and I was very conflicted about this film throughout the watch. Uh, there's some really fantastic stuff in here. Yes. But the pacing just zapped any sort of energy right. I had for the film. Because there's just two long periods, I feel, where there's nothing, right? But in between these great, really, really great scenes, it's like, okay, more of that, less of these, like, nothing scenes. Hold on, let me let me do something real quick here, Mark. Just to give everyone a quick, I'm gonna do a, a real fast breakdown because that description that you gave earlier does not describe shit. Oh, you're talking about the IMD. Yeah, the IMD one. The one, yeah, that's like, that okay. doesn't explain thing. You're breaking down a quick plot. Yeah, it's just so you guys okay. have an idea. So pretty much what happens is a girl from America goes to Berlin. She wants to be a dancer. She goes to this dance, you know, this famous dance studio. She gets in against all odds. She shouldn't be there. Like. You know, she doesn't have the chops to do it. This this character, you know, comes in. She's really excited to be there. She, she's all in. 
stuff's happening. Different girls are having different issues. Some of them are kind of wanting to leave. Some of them are freaking out. Some are having issues. The staff, which is all the, the whole cast is female. Evidently, they're witches because they established that early. They're doing all sorts of random shit. There's like dances that are controlling other people and messing up other people like physically. That was like one of the best scenes. That There's was a, really good. Yeah. There's a lot of like crazy, you know, as you described, fever dream s scenes that kind of just show all this like magic power and, you know, intense like insanity going on at this place as some of these characters try to uncover what's going on because they're concerned about their friends or whatever their motivation is. They kind of start uncovering more and more of this plot. Then you get to the end. Like after this kind of builds up, you realize that the girl from America, Ohio, she's actually been brought there. We don't know why to kind of be the next vessel for one of the the original mothers, the three mothers. And then from there, it just goes fucking nuts. I'm not even going to try to explain what happens at the end. Um, we can but talk about that as we get there. She is like one of the yeah. Mothers. So they think so. Tilda Swinton's character, Madame Blanc, is all like, I don't want to sacrifice this girl too. She's something special. And then you kind of find out like, Oh, she definitely is special because she's way more than any right. of y'all thought. Cause like the, they're the, they're trying to find a new vet, a body for a lady who claimed, was it Marco? Marca? Yeah. Marcos. Who claims that she's a mother, one of the three original witches. And then, you know, the Ohioan is like JK fucking I'm, I'm actually her and kills everybody. Blows I'm actually one up. of the original witches. So the so three the, mothers, the dance studio is run by a coven of witches. And yes. it seems like there's three power structure based on three mothers. And f- kind of what I gathered from the plots, slow plotting was that at any time, the witches decide who is going to be in power. One of the three witches is going to lead the coven. Mm-hmm. And then there was not shown, but we audibly heard and read the dialogue on screen of all the witches voting on who will be running the yeah. the dance studio. But don't worry if you miss it, because they're going to tell you that all over again at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. So they, cho- they don't choose Madame Blanc, who is Tilda Swinton. Right. They choose Marcos. Right. And later on, I think we see what's supposed to be the old withered body of Marcos. Yeah, basically the, the vessel of Marcos. But... At the end, it's alluded that Marcos was lying just right. so she could live on in yeah. a, in a new body. She's not really a mother. Because this when, is part of the, the scene where you said it's like a smeared chalkboard because it's like, I wish this could have been explained a little more. Yeah. The, the thing is, like, they explain everything so much through this movie, so much more than the original. But when you get to the end, um, they're like, nah, you're good. You're, you're here for the ride. It's like, it's, it's like you're on a roller coaster. It's like you have every opportunity to kind of like know like, oh, okay, there's a loop-de-loop coming up. There's an invert. There's all this stuff. But then when you get there, you're just like, I'm fucking stuck. I got to go with this. And it does not slow down. The end is fucking insanity. I mean, I loved it, but it it was insanity. There were parts throughout the movie where the tension was starting to build and something cool was starting to happen. Like John touched on a scene where, you know, when we finally get Susie, who's the American from Ohio, she comes in and they're like, we want you to dance this part because the missing girl's not here. And while she's dancing, she's actually physically destroying another dancer in another room who I guess had wronged the coven to a degree or she didn't agree with where they were going. Yeah. She kind of like, she wants to leave and I guess they were like, she called out, she called in the question, like what they're doing is like, well, you know what? I'm just out of here. And they're like, cool. They're like, Hey, Ohio, <laughs> you know, or Susie. No, she stepped up. Yeah. Because they were like, nah, I don't know. And well, they're like, this dance is really hard. And she's like, I can do it. And they're like, are you sure? And she's like, I can do it. And that's where uh, Tilda Swinton's character, Madame Blanc, is really like, oh, this chick's got powers. This chick is like, this girl like has something special about yeah. her. And so while Susie is dancing, she's doing these insanely, I mean, the dancing was amazing in this. 
she has insane dance moves and it's like contorting and breaking and just destroying this um coven this coven woman's body in another room Olga. and uh, yeah, yeah olga and wow it was that was a very intense scene like watching her body like crush i mean you see bones her yeah. jaw is out of place and, I mean, it's right. just but like, she doesn't die right no it was okay. literally twisting her into like spoiler for later you come to find out that these girls that are going missing are actually in the crypt below yeah. this, uh, the dance studio and I, they're kept alive for some reason yeah, I don't really I guess explain it's part it, of the, the final ritual. I think it's part end, of the right? ritual. Yeah, so she's like in this like I mean, basically crumpled into a ball, but still alive. And then they like pick her up with hooks and just cart her off. Yeah, they every I, and I correct me if I'm wrong. Every witch in this coven, every instructor has their own like secular like spike. Yeah, I think it's like, hey, you're a witch now. Here's your Here's hook. Your, yeah. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Man, it's so, gonna. I, we're gonna jump around so much because it is very difficult to, without getting into like insane mundane yeah. detail, it's hard to describe what goes on. But you know, it's it's weird though because you guys. I mean, I was super tired. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. There was a point where I, I nodded off, but that's not the movie's fault. It was just because I was like, I'm, I'm insanely tired. Um, we went to a movie at eleven o'clock in the morning. I was very awake and I almost nodded <laughs> off, and that was the movie's fault. I but, closed my eyes and was like, I better open them now, or I'm gonna yeah. fall asleep. But you know what? You probably could have missed like twenty to thirty minutes of this movie. Picked right up and kept on chugging. I think I missed like two or three minutes of the movie. But um, if it were my choice, I would take a weed whacker to this film and yeah. clear out about thirty minutes. I agree. I think a lot of the Holocaust plot seems irrelevant. Like a lot of the stuff with the uh, the doctor, I would have probably yeah. Trimmed so the, the away. psychiatrist in the very beginning that first like these girls go to see him. Yeah, and they they talk about their problems and some of them like you know one was like they're witches you know she's losing her shit. Other ones go and see them. They're talking about being suicidal. And he's chosen to witness the the event at the end because of his. Um, connection to these girls and the people that you know he's kind of what they say he dismissed them he you heard them but you just dismissed their their yeah. needs and fears and so you're just as guilty as everyone else and yeah, he was writing them off his delusions but as the movie progresses he's starting to slowly think maybe there's something to this right. and i need to do my own investigating right. which work. i mean it's like a totally normal human reaction if you're a psychiatrist and you're dealing with people who have delusions all day and someone's like look these dancers are a coven you're gonna be like all right another delusion right like they're, they're acting like this guy should have just believed that they were witches but that's like an outrageous thing to expect someone to believe and it's the witches at some point the witches are blaming him for not yeah. believing them they're it's like, like oh, but if he believed them earlier he might have stopped you before we right. get to this point which i think why is are you why so upset <laughs> in the, i think it's why in the end i guess she did a nice thing for him but not really because she made him forget his own wife which he seemed to really love so yeah so basically his backstory the 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 psychiatrist's backstory is that he was around in World War II and his wife and him had Aryan papers, but she didn't get to go get her Aryan papers in time. So she was picked up and put in a concentration camp. And then he thought she, she couldn't make it back and this, that, and the other. And so his whole backstory is he's always had to deal with that. Um, right. And they go into it in like excruciating details. They could have just been like, yes, my wife died in the war and I think it's my fault. And maybe just left it vague, right? Let us fill in the blanks. Like it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. That story is and not in the original. Good, no. And honestly, I think it could be excised from yeah. this one and it would have made it a better film, yeah. pacing-wise. Right. Or if they wanted to keep it, just cut it, man. Well, that, I feel it like up. I feel like that's that side story was there to basically show that um, Susie, who is also one of the three mothers, um, right. Mother Suspiria, right? Or yeah, Suspiria. She's, Suspiria. Right. she's like the 
reborn version of a Mother Superior. Superior. Yeah. yeah. Did they say that her, she was the like witch of yawning? I didn't. It was I don't like know, a man. Really there was a lot of reading in this because they were speaking yeah. in German. Right. That reminded like, me. There's a bunch of the language. Film. Yeah. It's like, a, like, I don't understand. Were they supposedly speaking German the whole time and they were just transitioning into English so that, you know, that we didn't have to read the whole movie? Or no, are these German characters, characters just fluently going in and out of German? I, I think, think they, they were both. speaking English also because Susie was from America. She okay. didn't speak Some German. of the students were yeah. English too. And That's so. convenient that everyone speaks English in East Germany. Anyway, well, I mean, I, I know, the the I know, I know over in the year in Europe, like you're required to know like multiple languages. Yeah, so maybe 2018, a, but the movie took place in 1978 or something. I'm sure it's but. still the thing. Anyway, the the point is that character's story there, the the character story, I think it was there was just to kind of at the end show that um, Susie was like a benevolent kind of like new witch because she, she shows up and after the doctor witnessed is the it whole... Is it benevolent to make him forget his wife? Well, no, hold on. <laughs> Let me tell you. Because like he had to witness the whole thing because they decided right. he was going to be the witness because of his involvement previously. But it was fucked up. He saw some like insanely right. horrible shit and he wouldn't stop beating himself up over his wife and this, that, and the other. So she shows up and she's like, hey, you should have never seen that. So what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to make you forget all that. I'm also going to make you forget the fear and pain that you have of your wife and that whole thing. But she tells him before he, he she wipes it, this is what really happened. So now you know. Yeah. And then she says, he says we need shame. guilt and shame, but not yours. Not yours. And so she forgives him, like kind of like, hey, we're sorry you had to see yeah. all this shit go down. I'm going to make your remaining life better. So yeah, I agree with you. But again, not necessary. Right. Could have all been cut and then we would have had to have this ridiculous conversation of, is it mean to make someone, right? Because I think she could have just gone in and been a little more surgical. You are just going to forget yesterday. Pop. Problem solved. Yeah, I guess we didn't have to have a whole... <laughs> Maybe she's not that fine a surgeon. Uh, <laughs> she's, new, she's newly resurrected here. Fair point. She's no Dr. Her Strange, powers yeah. were... There you go. Okay. When there's some movie where it's like, I don't want my pain taken away. I need my pain. That's right. Star Trek, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Or it's something. <laughs> Star the Trek point, 5. It's, I just quoted Star Trek 5. There you go. That's the worst one. It's like... <laughs> I feel like it'd be more sad if you found out that he forgot a whole chunk of his life because he didn't even remember his nurse. He's, she's like, oh, I miss his sesame or whatever. And he's like, oh, all right. But that was the epilogue. To be yes. fair, that was the But the thing is, that whole plot line plays up through the story. I feel like just so that epilogue can basically kind of paint. Right. Sure, and we a watch him image. go through the Berlin Wall like twice. <laughs> so unnecessary. I, well, I actually enjoyed that because like seeing that in play in the 70s when this movie takes place and yeah. stuff like that was very like unnerving to me. Like again, the, the environments in this movie, the, the set design, the design, the, the look of everything, all the shots do an amazing job of really either making you feel like kind of in wonder or uneasy or, you know, at ease. I mean, the director of photography in this did an amazing fucking job. Oh, that means one thing real quick, though. We okay. need to talk about the soundtrack. The song that plays over the witchy shit at the end, I didn't care for. That's the lead singer from Radiohead. Um, Tom York does the new soundtrack for Suspiria 2018. And the original 1977 one is Ghoul. Um, which is, I guess, like an experimental kind of like band, but they're they're known for doing a bunch of horror stuff. Last night when I watched the original, I will say this: the soundtrack made those scenes unnerving. Like it made some of that movie part of what it was. I mean, I don't think you could have that movie be what it was without the soundtrack that Ghoul did. No. In this movie, I feel like Tom York is an oh, amazing. Oh, you're thinking of Goblin. Goblin. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did I say Ghoul. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's I'm sorry. Goblin. 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 Yeah, Tom York did an amazing job as is, is um, orchestrating, but none yeah. of the same feel 
that the original did. Like the soundtrack could have been gone out of this and been replaced with someone else and it would have been just well, as good. You said we have to talk about the soundtrack. My first thought was I don't remember it except for the part where they were singing. Like, yeah, the, I literally thought, was there a soundtrack yeah. to this movie? And it wasn't until I thought about the witch scene at the end. I was like, oh, yeah, there's some like really happy, lame song playing yeah. the witch stuff. It, yeah, there, There's some really subtle background. But there, I guess the difference between the, the Goblin and the Tom York stuff is the Goblin stuff is in your ears. It's like hammering your brain right. like auditorily. It sounds like the original Suspiria was much more of a um, like a like an assault on your senses. This is so much more subdued than that. If you go see the original and you're thinking this is what you're going to see in this remake, it, it, there are no, there's no assault on any senses except for maybe at the end where everyone's heads are fucking blowing up. But other than that, it is just like a low key, like it almost is paced like a, like a, like a Holocaust movie or more like a, like a drama, like a black swan, like a, like it's not really paced like a horror movie. The first one's kind of like that too, though. The first one's not really paced like a horror movie. It's, it's a, it's a atmospheric kind of creepy movie that has elements of horror. That's why I described it as a fever dream. Yes. Because yeah. you're it's it's it doesn't allow your feet to sink to the ground and, and feel like hard. Yeah. You know, like See, you, but that you sounds cool. This movie is not that. Uh, but yes, I'll play a little bit of the goblin for the people that, so they can hear it. Okay, so we're describing it, yeah. but yeah, that that soundtrack does actually. And then play a little of the Tom York too, just to kind of get a, yeah. a, the comparison. Did you find any? work for the films they were in but I feel like in the new one though with a lack of an in your face soundtrack that Goblin brought to the original it, the, the film didn't have the intensity that the original one did so like these scenes of gore and these scenes of like insanity that like you know where people are getting messed up by the, the coven or the powers or the rituals or anything like that visually they're in your face they're smacking you upside the face but like auditorily nothing which kind of felt like like I was missing something because after seeing the originals, like you got it from both sides. This one, you only yeah. kind of got it from one side. And at the end scene, I know what they're going with, like a kind of a juxtaposition thing, but like that happy, not happy, but that kind of like, you know, it felt wrong. It was not kind of melodramatic, fit. you know, Tom York song. I was like, this doesn't really seem to fit at all. Like I'd love something a little more intense. Like, you know, like a, some of those Radiohead songs that had that, that really like kind of sound to them. Like something like that would have been yeah. more enjoyable than the, the subtle Tom York kind of orchestration. Again, right. that's just my, my no, I agree. Though. Or if they were going to go with that, it would have been cool to, you know, contrast it with maybe really great Foley work. Hear a lot of snapping bones or something really visceral when they when she made everyone's head explode. But even the Foley work was really subdued and like. Uh, I'm gonna disagree. There was some. There was a lot of bones. There was a lot of like visual cues when people were getting messed up. When uh, Sarah falls down that that hole and breaks her leg. When Olga's getting snapped into pieces. You hear all of that. You hear bones grinding at points, and I'm just like, oh, 
That's rough. I, I like this movie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to basically say, like, I enjoyed this movie. I can see why... I can see exactly what you guys are saying. I do agree that they could make this film shorter and cut out some of the subplots, and it would be just as strong. I'm very conflicted. Like, like I said, I like all the witchy shit, but the, I the do pacing, like the, witchy shit. the pacing, just kind of. I don't know if I'd ever rewatch this again. I feel like you cannot compare it to the original. Though. I'm not trying to. No, I'm saying like yeah. as a listener, yeah. like you. Right. It's a great film. I just don't think it was a great Suspiria movie. I'm going to applaud this film because this, it did something that I feel like a lot of remakes fail to do, and that's be their own thing. Um, I often have to question why a particular remake even exists when they try to follow along the original's true. plot so closely, because almost always when those things do that, they fail. That's true. They fail to one-up the original. This one, however, is so different. Like you said, you really can't compare the two. They're two separate things. In the original Suspiria, there is zero dancing. There's like one scene where she starts to dance, falls over, dizzy, and that's the last bit of dance oh, for the rest of the film. There's a lot of dancing in this movie. A lot of, a lot of dancing. A lot of great dancing. It's though. like a dance movie. Yeah. I was actually very surprised when I watched the original Suspiria because I actually held off from watching it because I literally <laughs> thought it was a dance movie. Yeah. I was wrong. This is like dirty dancing amount of dancing. Like every half hour or so, you're going to get a dance scene at least. Maybe every 15 minutes. Cue time of your life. Yeah. I hope you had the time of your life. Lots of jumping. I didn't, like there was a good scene. I didn't understand what they were trying to tell me. And maybe I'm just a bad movie watcher, but I didn't need to see her learn to jump twice. Back to back, essentially. Within like five minutes, I got to watch was, this lady jump up and scene, down constantly. I had very little problem with that particular scene. But it's just, it's indicative of the kind of scenes that it's like, what are you, what are you, what am I supposed to be feeling right now? I think Tilda Swinton's really, that's where you start to see that Tilda Swinton, Madame Blanc's character, is really starting to connect and have an attachment to Susie. Um, you don't really know why, though. You don't really get a feel for why, other than the fact that she's got power and she can realize she's special. Because after when she's like, she's like, I need you to work on your job. I need you to be better. I need you to be better. And yeah. she's like, I know we don't have to be told more than, t-. Susie says, I don't have to be told more than twice, like showing that like, I, I got it for you. Right. But and I think that's when they had this moment of like, oh, they're really connecting at this point. Did she get it though? Or did she steal the power from that one chick who could jump? I didn't understand what, like, so she's learning the jump, right? And the Caroline's the good jumper is what I'm going to call her. Cause I'm sure there's a good name for it, but she jumps well. And so she's like, Caroline, come jump. And she jumps. And then she looks at Caroline and looks at Susie, they make eye contact, and like some weird sound happens that I think is supposed to cue that something happened. And then Caroline walks off and has like a seizure. And then we, I don't think we ever see her again. And then five seconds later, there's like a cut, and then she's jumping again. Yeah, I don't... So did they like steal Caroline's jumping power and give it to Susie? Well, you, you start to see scenes in this movie where uh, Susie starts doing things. Like there's a, there's a part where um, the coven is like, you know, like we're going to practice the the Volk, the Volk dance, which is like one of their famous dances and stuff like that. They're little numbers. That's the name and of the dance they perform at the end of the film. Yeah. Yes. And um, in the world's most obvious like pentagram. But anyway, it's it's definitely a um, it's their summoning spell or for whatever they, they do at the end. But yeah, they're, they're preparing for that. And there's a couple times where something happens, something bad happens. And Susie's like, I'm sorry, I went off script. And I was like, wait, does she know the plot does she know what the what's supposed to be happening did, no did i think she went off her the dancing the, her dancing i know that's script, what i'm saying yeah. but like Susie kind of like starts realizing she has this power she starts to accept the fact that like oh i've got powers i'm going to be doing something special 
But I don't know. Was there a scene where the, the coven at any point came to her and was like, oh, by the way, we no. are witches. You definitely have witchy power. Let's I, go. So one of the things they do to Susie is they start projecting all of the witch's dreams into her mind as she sleeps. And we get a lot of rapid cuts of weird, creepy shit happening while yeah, she's sleeping. Yeah, that part sleeping. was cool. We saw a lot of that in the trailer, um, and I was like, where's these scenes? And it's like yeah. just real flashes yeah. of dream sequence. I'm like, oh, here we go. And while she's sleeping, there's like this colorful apparition that appears that I guess is supposed to be maybe the, the entity of Mother Susperium or something like that. I don't know what you guys thought that was particularly. I, I thought but. that was just the power of the dreams coming into the room. Like okay. a... Like a like a rotoscope, yeah, not a rotoscope, but a, you know, it's one of the, it's one of the hundred points that they don't tell you about, but you just wrote us to, I guess, decide for yourself maybe. And I don't think we need, but the thing is, this is the thing is, I didn't need, I don't explained. think we need explanations for all this, but the stuff that we got explanations for, we didn't have, in the first one, we don't know that they're witches until it's kind of hinted at like, Hey, they might be witches and you definitely know some shit's going down. You're like, okay, I'll buy that. That might be true. Um, we don't know the characters' motivations on certain things, so we're like, why are they doing this? Okay, well, I guess they're doing this. And this one, things like that, things like the supernatural are not explained, but everything else is in such a detail. It's so contrasting from the first one. It was like, I don't care about that. I don't care about, like, so-and-so's... Like, they go break into an office to find a number to call um, Patty yeah. Patricia's, Patricia's parents. parents. Right. But I think that scene was there just so that... Uh, Susie could wander off and see, and see the cops yeah. being under the spell of the witches who are making fun of his tiny right. dick. That's why I think that like scene was there. So even though I was like, "What are we doing again?" I could but she it enjoyed out. seeing that. Yeah, and she didn't tell uh, no. Sarah, which made me think like, "Okay, like, she didn't tell anybody." That was like I think like one of the first indications of like maybe she's buying into this shit. Did the hostage plane jack thing have anything to do with the story? Oh, you mean the kept, Royal Air Force that they kept flashing of radio They just kept radio going on news? and on and on about this hostage yeah. situation, and I didn't understand if it was relevant in any way to what was actually happening on screen. So maybe I... It's, you know, post-World War II Germany or whatever. I, I think. But it's like so, in the 70s. But like, it's weird, though, because like up until the point where Susie fully accepts like, oh... I'm going to be a witch. Oh, I'm going to be a vessel for the the mother or, you know, like, or makes the, the coven think that when Susie finally accepts her role, like up until that, you hear like, you know, the Royal Air Force, you know, hostages. I don't think it's the Royal Air Force. I think their RAF is some German terrorist group. Maybe the Republican Ar- Republic Army. Of because they want something. prisoners for like the seven, like this is like the Z story of this fucking movie, but they want prisoners released from some prison and they're taking a plane to Moga. Mogadishu. Uh, Mogadishu, yeah. And it's like... They, yeah, they, they've, but then host- they all kill themselves some or terror- something. Terrorists have, like, ha- have hostages and they're going to kill the hostages unless, you know, they get their prisoners yeah. out of, you know, German jail or pr- British jail. I don't know, something yeah. like that. But anyway, I noticed that kept coming up over and over and over again, the standoff, the standstill. But then the moment Susie actually accepts her position and role in this whole, like, situation, that whole thing comes to an end. That whole... Um, yeah. terrorist things like oh they were killed they they killed themselves and then these hostages are released which I'm wondering did the coven do that or was that just something that just happened to line up right. because they made they, they, it seemed so like omnipresent in the movie that like like they wanted us to know about it for some reason well but, don't forget that this is in Berlin while it's still East Berlin and right. West Berlin so it could be the Royal Air Force that's what I'm saying like who sure. knows if there's strife between both sides going on and that's what we're reading into but I, I agree right. it didn't really do much for the right. plot for me it, it, like, did, it didn't add anything it to the plot like, yeah. I mean I, maybe it was there to establish like environment and time but they kept presenting it as if right. it was important to the plot and right. it never was yeah 
I mean, you, you hear about the resolution of it. You're like, okay. but great. How does that play into anything? And yeah. it really and doesn't seem to. Maybe we missed it. I think there's a lot of this yeah, stuff in this movie that maybe we missed. three of us missed it, it's like, okay, then the movie did a shit job of explaining why we should care, right? Uh, if three people who watch a lot of movies are like, ah, yeah, that's, that's on the movie, not on us, right? That's possible. Maybe, John, we're just not artsy-fartsy enough to catch that stuff. <laughs> maybe, man. I, I, really liked, I really liked the visual aspect of it. I really liked the concept of it. It was a very pretty movie, it. I agree. Um, I liked the fact that it was different enough than the original, but... Can we try to describe the ending scene? Oh, yes, we can. Which I was going to ask, did you know that was Tilda Swinton, the psychotherapist? No, she did a really fucking great, great job. Like, I remembered, like, going in, like, oh, yeah, you know, she's a psychotherapist. But when you're watching the movie, I mean, you cannot tell at all. She oh, I didn't really know that it was. fucking nails was good. it. Yeah, she played three parts. She was the old uh, Holocaust. I'm sorry, I keep saying Holocaust. He wasn't in it. Uh, but the old World War II uh, casualty oh, who okay. lost his wife, right? Yeah. Uh, Tilda Swinton was Madame Blanc. And then I think Tilda Swinton was one of the witches at the end that we're about to get into now. Mm. So Sarah starts getting wise to the witch uh, coven dealing and practices. And she's wandering into the crypt of the, the dance studio. And she actually finds Patricia, who is Chloe Moritz Grace. Did I say her name right? I think so. Um, Close enough. She goes, she's the one at the beginning of the film who goes to the doctor originally and starts expressing her beliefs that there's witches in the building. She's now like some ghoulish creature that looks like she's had most of her life force sucked out of her, but left alive for some purpose, as well as Olga, who is twisted and mangled. Was she the one missing her feet? Yes. She was the one missing like parts of her limbs and stuff. That was Olga like crawling after her like this weird Silent Hill type monster. Yeah. There was some great audio work because every time her little stump would hit the ground it'd make like a real bassy like it was that was a great scene. I really liked that yeah. screen scene. So because Sarah's out investigating she misses her performance and the performance is supposed to be a ritual that's going to bring in the Volk uh, dance recital is about to happen and that's going to be the one that opens the gateway for them to bring the new mother into the new body. Like Marcos, right? We're yes. talking about Marcos. Yes. Marcos. Mother, which mother Marcos is going to get her fresh new body? Because right. she's like an old, deflated, looks like she's 300 years old oh, or something like that, right? Imagine Pizza the Hut in female form. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, they did an amazing job of making her look just ratty. Was really and I was good. like, She's Whoa. disturbing. Yeah, so that's so they're going to do this dance, which is going to open the gate for Marcos to basically go into the new body, and then uh, which is supposed to be Susie. Right. Okay. Now, Tilda Swinton at this point is not thrilled about Susie being used as the new body because she's like, I don't know if she can take it. I don't want her to die just like the others. Because, you know, they have a connection at this point. Yeah. She's just going along with the will of the coven at this point. She's like, I'm not in charge right now. Marcus is in charge. So yeah, continue. And, and Marcos wants this because she wants a new body. Um, Sarah's not there at this recital. And I was like, where's Sarah? And they're like, we don't know. She's downstairs in the crypt. And that's where she sees, you know, Patricia's messed up body, Olga's messed up body. She's like, oh, my God, freaking out. She realizes some shit's like fully popped off, starts going down the hallway. Her foot falls in a hole. And as she's running, it falls in this like little like, I want to say like six inch hole. And it breaks her leg and her bone pops out of her leg. That was so gross. And then it's as like she's co- called like a complex fracture. What yeah, they call that I think it's a compound or whatever. Compound but yeah, yeah. but oh. I, that one little fracture fucked me up more than everything they did to Olga. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it was it was rough to see and watch. I was like, oh, my God. So then we cut back upstairs to the dance going off. It's it's fully in effect. The old therapist, the old um, therapist, the old man is there to witness this because they, they decided he's going to be the witness. So he's watching this whole thing play out. 
Now they go down, some of the witches go downstairs and get Sarah out of the hole and they heal her leg with magic power. And then they put her in this trance and send her upstairs to the dance where she was supposed to be. And so she's up there dancing now. The old man's watching. The ceremony's going as, as according to plan. And then out of nowhere, um, Sarah falls to the ground and starts screaming. It's clear that she messed up her leg, but the the trance that she was in is worn off. Because Susie went off script. Because right. Susie went off script. And now, and we think, and it's, it's implied that Susie did that on purpose. Because Tilda Swinton that night comes in and was like, hey... You can't do that again. Are they mentally talking? Because yes, sometimes it looked talking. like their mouth moved, sometimes it didn't. So okay, they're mentally talking, and then they eventually start talking out loud. Okay. But like she's like, she's like, you can't do that again. They're gonna catch on. If you want out of this, we can get out of this. And then Susie's like, no, I promise not to go off script again. I got this. At some point, one of the witches just stabs herself in the neck for oh, no right. reason. One of the teachers, right. witches. Why? Do you guys have any theories on why this person... She's like... They, we see her like three times in the movie. She's always doing some weird shit that she stabs herself in the neck. Well, ever since they chose Marcos over uh, Madame Blanc... Madame Blanc? Blanc, yeah. Um, she's never been normal. She's always been kind of like, fuck. You know, I think, I think she kind of knew like this was not the way things were supposed to play out. Mm. I think that character was one of the, the smart witches who was like we're going about this wrong. We're doing this wrong. She could also see the strife starting to happen between Blanc and the others uh-huh. because Blanc was like, we, we don't have to rush this. I'll tell them when we're ready. And everyone's like, no, we'll go when Marco says we're ready. And Blanc is like, no, no, I'll tell her. I think that other witch was just like, all right, shit's getting, I'm out. I think she was just like, I'm out. If I had to wager a guess, it's kind of on the lines of what Garrett just said, but I think maybe she realized what Susie was. Oh. And I want to wager that maybe, perhaps, maybe Marcos May tricked her, her into killing her. herself okay. because she was about to try something. Oh. That would be my wager. I think that I like might that. actually yeah. be more accurate, dude. I think that might be more accurate than mine. The movie does not really explain this at all. It's, well, I don't think they need to explain that because that kind of conversation right there, I like that right there where we can kind of open up to interpret it. It's, it's available enough for us to kind of come up with a good option. But it's not spelled out. But it's so counter, counter I think contrast to the rest of the movie where they spell things exactly. out to a fucking T. It doesn't. They pick weird fucking things to not explain. They, I don't care about you know a, a, half of the stuff in this movie and the things I do care about and want to learn more about. They're like. JK, we're not gonna tell you anything about it. Let's go talk about some fucking oh, like like when the the doctor and the cop had a pre-existing relationship that was completely irrelevant and never came up again. But he just wanted to, you know, they just need to pad out their runtime for five minutes. Use that time to teach me about the witches. That was actually interesting. Well, that that tied into the 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 pre World War II plot. Right. Yeah, it's completely it so which again irrelevant. wasn't necessary, but. But let's jump back to the end scene. Let's get that over with. They trick the old man by making a mirage of his wife, walks him to the um, the like dance studio. Force him in there, yeah. Yeah, and then they come out and grab him after he realizes that she was an apparition. They come out, grab him, start screaming at him, and then pull him inside, strip him naked, take him downstairs in this giant stone sacrifice room where all the students are in a trance. They are butt-ass naked. Yeah. All the teachers, all the coven um, teachers are in there. They're all kind of standing around doing their own little like chants and stuff like that. They're kind of like, they're aware of what's going on. Then you see Madame Marcos in her 
horrific glory. And she's like pleasuring herself while these girls dance around and stuff like that, which is really even more disgusting. Oh, was, was like, she? I didn't oh, even notice that. Oh, yeah. She starts like rubbing her breasts and then she like puts her hand down her crotch and is like doing this weird smile thing. And it's like, oh, oh you got the old man on the floor, butt naked, witnessing this whole thing. Like, like I'm innocent. I didn't do anything. There's so many guilty men in Germany. Why did you pick me? Yeah. Susie comes down, is like, I'm ready to do this. Tilda Swinton's there, and she's like, you don't have to do this. We can stop this. I don't, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like it's the way it's supposed to be. And then Madame Marcos is like, you shut your fucking mouth. This is my time. We actually have a host that can take my, like, you know, I can yeah. go inside like her body. fucking Tilda Swinton's head off. That part was dope. But Tilda, I don't think she kills her, right? Almost. No, no. It's like slices yeah. the back yeah. of her that neck. That was dope. Off. Tilda Swinton's like, no, no, no. I'm putting a stop to this. But before she can, Marco stands up and slices her hand in the air, which like cuts the back of Tilda Swinton's yeah. neck open. Her head like almost falls off forward. She falls to the ground. And then, Not entirely, though. She like slumps to her knees. Like a kneeling yeah. position. Yeah. yeah. And her head's like leaning forward, like almost coming off. Yeah. And you that think really she's cool. dead. And then they've taken uh, Patricia, Susie, and another girl who was dead earlier, and they've gutted them. So all the like teachers are like chanting, yeah, but they're holding, also still like, alive, which is why I think they're zombies. But holding their organs, holding their like intestines and stuff, and squeezing and chanting. And this is the part where the frame rate starts to slow down a little bit. This like they start doing like this weird kind of stutter frame rate. Marcos is like, finally, it's happening. It's happening. The ritual is going off. It seems like it's about to go down. But this black entity, this creepy black entity, comes out of the bottom of the crypt. Well, she's like, you have to kill whoever brought you into the world. Oh, yeah, kill your mother. They tell Susie she has to kill her mother. Because in storyline number 77, her mom has just been slowly dying throughout the whole movie. Back in Ohio. Yeah, back in Ohio. Was that real time? I thought that was a flashback. No, it's real time. Yeah. It's real time. Could not tell what was happening. I I didn't even catch that. because. There was a point where they cut to Susie's mother in America. Yeah. She's on a deathbed, and the mother's like, my sin is my last daughter. And they don't actually tell you what that is. And I just assume, okay, well, maybe it was out of a wedlock or something, you yeah. know, if we're de- defining sin that way. But then Susie <laughs> ends up being the reincarnated witch. So yeah. it's like, what? So that is real time. It did have my favorite part of the movie where... It uh, looked like such a different time period. It looked like farmer... Yeah. yeah it's ridiculous. Know, 1912 or but something. 70, well, she said that she was uh, Amish. To show like... She said they were Amish. Did she? Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Did I missed say that. that. So yeah. they, that's why everything looked like it was like back in the, the turn of the century because yeah. they were Amish. Maybe that's when I slumped in my chair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But to show that shit was getting real, everything turned into a really saturated red. And mm-hmm. I really like that i was like oh this is so cheesy but awesome yeah that was a really 70s like so that was a throwback to the original yeah i really dug dug that so this black entity comes out and i'm not sure was that who was that what was was, that i I was like is this the devil could that have been mother number three maybe it was one of the other mothers maybe and maybe she's like yeah marcos is trying to pull some fucking shit right now because she did kind of look how fucked up marcos looks. yeah because one of the one of the teachers like taps marcos in the shoulder is like look look this entity's out and then marcos is like yeah. oh shit like she realized like yeah. okay i tried to run game on the coven and i got caught and they all know what this entity is because they all react in panic nobody screams out oh it's something that we you know they're like they don't want to clue us into you, this you needed a hereditary moment hail payman god no <laughs> like, nothing like that actually i actually like the ending of this movie yes yeah, I, so, I really enjoyed seeing the black entity kill every single witch that voted for marcos yes she like turns to Susie and she's like who are you and she's like who am i 
I'm the mother that, you know, basically you, you realize that she is Mother Superior yeah. reincarnated. But she tells him, yeah, I'm Mother Superior. And, and fucking yeah. Marcus is mother like, Superior. Fuck. Did I say Mother Superior? <laughs> yeah. No, very close to it. Um, <laughs> yeah. She, Marcus is like, fuck. Yeah, right? Marcus is like, oh shit, I'm fucked now. So the black entity goes around and starts blowing up the heads, exploding the heads of everyone who voted for Marcos. Is that the same ending as... Oh, no. Okay. No, no, then, no, very different. Close. Then the director's choice to show over and over and over again, everyone saying Marcos was stupid. After like... The I first it, three, I, it I got it. I After that, I was like, I'm so sick of hearing this word. We saw everyone get their comeuppance. And then at this point, Susie has taken on Is her role Is it comeuppance, of, though? Do we know that these people didn't know? Maybe they thought that they were doing the right thing. Right, we don't have enough story for these people to know. Like, is this come up and did they just get fucked because they got tricked? I think I think like, you're worried too much about that. That's it's not necessary to the plot. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it is right. Like, because we're supposed to pretend that she's this benign person later. Is she like Mother Suspiria is benign because she erased this guy's memory? But well, she no, no, she's still she's people. still a vindictive. She's still like you know like because she's like the only reason she erased that dude. I think is you're because, saying benign and you mean benevolent. Benevolent, yeah, benevolent. yeah not benign. Yeah, like, she's benign not cancer. Is like a tumor that doesn't. Yeah. Do no, benevolent. You are right. Yeah. No, I think um, she's like, she's like all y'all, you knew that you, you felt this wasn't right. Y'all went with it anyway. Guess what? Time to pay the piper. I mean, if I'm watching a two hour and 40 minute movie that can explain every single detail, I hate walking out of there confused about the shit I care about. That's what's going to eat me about this movie and why I do not like it. I apparently me and the director want to know about different fucking things. He wants to know. He wants to make a Holocaust movie. I want to see a witch movie. It's not a Holocaust movie. <laughs> so anyway, the, the black entity explodes all the heads of the people who voted for Marcos. Marcos gets killed. Um, Susie is now Mother Superium reincarnated. The black entity goes away. Suspirium or Susie walks up to the three girls who are disemboweled and she's like, what do you want? They're like, I want to die. And then she kills them, like kind of to like give them the gift of death. Like, okay, I'm not going to make you live. What do you think the other options would have been? Yeah, bring me back to normal. I that would have been my wish. Yeah, can I go back to the way before this crap yeah. happened? I don't know. I don't, I don't think we're supposed to know. And mm. then at that point, she walks over to the old man, has them pick him up, and then he gets to leave. And then she's like, okay, I've taken care of all the witches who have fallen away from the, the path. And then that's when we cut to the part where she goes and erases the old man's memories. There's one scene that uh, we need to mention is that Madame Blanc isn't dead. Yeah, yeah. They, they go like and, push, they go and like push her head back onto her neck, and then, and then the head starts looking around. I was like, "Oh, she ain't fucking dead." Yeah, that but was that's cool. it. And I was like, "Okay, that was pretty neat." Well, because she was following the correct path by you know believing that Susie was the right entity and something special, and they shouldn't sacrifice her because I mean, whether she knew that she was Suspirium or not, she she had the right the right idea. So I think yeah, I don't think she's dead. I think they'll like fix her, heal her up like they did Sarah, but. Yeah, so that's the end, and it is fucking insanity. It's just like gore and dance and weird visuals and just balls-to-the-wall craziness. The colors are flashing. Um, it's definitely worth checking out for but, that alone. But that's also the scene that we have the weird Tom York vocal song where you're just like, this does not seem to fit at all. And while this was happening, the music actually made me stop and listen to the music and go, why is this playing? Yeah. And that's that's a detriment. It's a yeah. good song, but it doesn't belong in that scene, I don't feel. No. And again, you think about what the ghoul soundtrack sounded like, and imagine that during that scene, you're goblin. like, holy, oh, goblin. I keep saying ghoul. <laughs> goblin, and, and it's like, wow, that would have intensified that scene so much if they had something along those lines. All these elements should be working together into one cohesive moment. And if you have any of those that pull you out of what's happening, then it's a detriment to the film. Yep. So, unfortunately, you know, 
People love their Tom York, their Radiohead. I just don't think it was the best choice for this particular film. I think he was good for like the scenes that didn't require any kind of intensity. Yeah, I thought I thought he'd be a great that. soundtrack during that, but I think they should have had like a second composer come in and do the intense scenes and stuff like that. Maybe like a Trent Reznor. He's doing stuff and he's got some intense sounding shit. You know, like there's there's options out there. But yeah, it just didn't really seem to fit. Put the social network soundtrack right over this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Would you guys have finished this film if you watched it at home on Netflix? Over like a week, probably. I don't, I can't say that I would have finished it. I would have. I would have. Visually, because halfway was, through that film, I slumped in my chair and was like, I am defeated right that's now. That's actually true. If I had to watch it for you know the podcast, I would have finished it. If, would sure. I have ever watched it on my own and powered through it? No. God, no. I would have given up like an hour in. I guess I had to, having to choose between this and the original, like, hey, let's watch Suspiria. I think I'd always choose the original yeah. from Agreed. here on out. I'm with you. Although, there's... There's something about this film. It's it's kind of like the movie Mandy, which we should talk about eventually. You know, mm-hmm. I left that and I was like, oh, okay, it was kind of an art film. It has it, but like that movie didn't leave me. Like it's still like it's still infected my brain. I'm still oh, like, I'm oh, rapidly looked, forgetting about this movie. I'm just <laughs> like, I'm like, wow, that that stuck with me. The visuals, the sound, the way everything played out. And I kind of feel like some of the stuff in this movie is doing the same thing with me. Like, there's certain things I can't get out of my head. I'm like, wow, okay, that was really crazy. I'd like to see that again. I want to, like, experience that moment again. But But you're only only going to remember certain aspects, and then the rest you're going to forget. Right, all the filler of the movie. I will say this. Like you guys said, there's about 30 minutes that I'll just never remember. And they could have gotten rid of that. I, would, I think there's like gonna be like two hours. So it sounds like you guys, minutes. I'm not gonna remember. It I remember like you guys the oldest scene and the ending, and that's it. The rest is gonna just disappear. I'll be like I said at the at the top, dude. This is one of the most conflicting films that I've watched. I think there's some fantastic witchy shit in here that everybody should see. However, to get to those parts <laughs> is gonna take a lot of effort of the viewer. Yeah. Unless this is your type of film, we That's could be. True. You know what I mean. This may just not be. Some our people cup like of tea. that kind of slower. I get it. You know, I I completely appreciate that. I recommend giving it a try. If you can't push and power through, get to the internet and find the witchy shit yeah. and watch it because it's cool. I wish there were more serious witch movies like this, right? I mean, not like The Craft or that kind of shit, like. Um, or yeah, like, like Wizard of Oz, <laughs> but like yeah, I mean The Craft was fine, but you know it's like like more. In like just Wiccan, well, Wiccans would be like, this isn't Wiccan, so never mind. But more like stereotypical yeah, witch stuff. I don't want to <laughs> insult the Wiccans. I know it's more of a nature thing, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, as you were saying, we need some good like hardcore witch movies. Yeah, that'd be dope. I feel like this was one of them. I just feel like the way that they chose to progress this plot and some of the stuff they chose to keep in, they didn't really have a much of a payoff. I was like, well, that kind of hurt your movie a little bit. But I don't know. It's weird because I, I watched this movie and I was like, eh. And then, like, I got in the car to come over here to, like, record, and I was like, no, I think I kind of like that. And the more I think about it, I'm like, I did enjoy this movie. I didn't enjoy it as near as much as the original, <laughs> but, like, I, I did enjoy this movie. Would I say pay full price for it? No. If you want to see it at the theater, go matinee. Good news. This will be on Amazon Prime because it's an Amazon Studios film in 2019. So then you will be able to watch it for free there and fast go. forward through the bits if you can't make it. Yeah, I do feel like I would have fallen asleep. If I was watching this movie like in my, you know, recliner at home in the dark, I probably it would have probably put me to sleep. I'll say this movie is a tour de force of visuals, sound, even though the soundtrack didn't enhance the movie the way it is, the the foley, the sound effects, the way the the, the lack of 
you know, negative, the negative audio where there's the lack of sound at times. I, I think that it's, it's solid as shit with all that. You know, I think it did a great job of being an amazing film. I feel like the plot and the pacing was the one thing that kind of just hurt it. That's great. my take on it. The plot and the it pacing. It is for sure a film. Like, this isn't like a horror movie. This is one that really enjoys the art of, a, of, of film, right? And so I appreciate it for that. It really, like, um, is very classic in, in its shots and its style. It's not like you're conjuring or your popcorn film. So I do like that part of it. This is I the appreciate kind of movie that. that would make, like, a new AFI top yeah. 100 like films because it, it hits on those. I mean, granted, maybe the plot's not worthy of that, but there's a lot yeah. of movies in that, that list that I'm just kind of like, eh, the plot's. So, so. Is it American Beauty where that guy was filming the the, the paper bag? The paper bag? Yeah, yeah, that's this kind of movie, right? The kind of movie that that guy would make is this movie. Um, in an interview with Elle magazine, actress Dakota Johnson said that she had to go to therapy after filming this film. Boredom does a lot to a mind. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's the part, John. That made go to therapy. Um, we, hear, we hear a lot of actors say that kind of stuff nowadays. Like, you know, like I was so immersed in the role, I'll never be the same. You know, like. Well, Johnny Depp became a pirate for pirates and never left. Yeah, my man needs to go to therapy. He's fucking his whole <laughs> life up. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if she went to therapy or not. I'm sure she did. But some of that's got to be marketing, right? Like, a lot play of it, that yeah. therapy part A lot part of it has up, to be like, to, like, you got to see this film because it fucked me up. Yeah. Go check it out. You, you know? know, like. They did also market this one as, like, the scariest thing. And it's like, oh, man, I really wish they. I mean, I know that's horror advertising 101, but, like. They're like, you'll never be the same. And it's like, no, nah, I'll be fine. Yeah. You know, like, I don't, there's some shit that never, that's never going to leave me, but I'll never, like, it didn't change my life. Maybe it's like, not the biggest fan, but I've watched a lot of that, like, gore horror, your hostels, your saws. So maybe that's why it doesn't, like, strike me that much. Cause it's like, all right. Yeah. I mean, someone got crumpled into a ball, seen it, you know, like, <laughs> see, I don't think that's the part that, like, was as affecting for me. Like, I oh. feel like the, the crazy, like, like power plays of the the coven that's what really like fucked with me most in oh, this movie i'm gonna take house of cards for that right like <laughs> okay. i mean i while i have been hard on the movie i if it were a little shorter i really would recommend it it's just so long this movie is on the verge of being fantastic in yeah. my book and then like the length is really what I just agree. makes it drop but, i think that's just due to, to, to certain plot lines that we just didn't need yeah. sure i want to see uh, uh internet get out there and make me a cut of just the witchy shit That'd be great. And then it's going to be movie of the year. Do you think they added those plot lines to give Tilda Swinton more chances to act as that character? Probably. If they're going to go through all the effort of like, like that makeup, right? They're like, all right, we're going to have to flesh this out to make it worthwhile. But it's like... We made you this old suit and damn it, we're going to pay yeah. for it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. 